and welcome to our special edition of Blow the Balls, and I'm delighted to be joined by Shamal Holland, Mark Fitz, Mark Dorn, and Marty Walker for our finals preview. Boys, it was, it's been a short, sweet season, and delighted that you could all come on board and, and give us your thoughts and views on this upcoming week. I think the junior ones on Friday night, Marty, would it be right? That's right, yeah, half seven, four guests on Friday night. Intermediates on... Um, Sunday at three o'clock, and then the senior one is is scheduled for seven o'clock. I do believe on the on the Sunday as well. Shane, I suppose to start with yourself, um, you know what? A, a, a disappointing result for you, I'm sure. But um, I must commend you on your on your honest interview at halftime. I thought it was very refreshing, and you know to, to call it as you've seen it. Well, it, it was what it was. I mean, it hadn't come out. We never turned up. Definitely didn't go according to plan wasn't uh, the way we wanted to start the game, wasn't where we wanted to be by the water break, wasn't where we wanted to be at half time. So what, what else do you do? And it, it had all the concern for me that it was going to be uh, another wipeout after last year and the one point game. And and thankfully they showed a bit of character. I sort of, I knew if they could get the first two scores of the second half, there'd be a bit of belief would come back. And, and that's what happened. They got a bit of belief. They got a run. Just couldn't bloody get ahead, John. Just got, got back to level two or three times. Bounce of a ball, a couple of millimetres here and there. Donny was saying before you come on, I couldn't believe Ronnie Moore to pass the ball in front of the square. Oh. I think, <laughs> I think John we McGovern was shocked that he got a pass at that point. But We um, were sitting in the, we the stand going, Ronnie Moore in the heyday with just not a hope turn by net. I know, I know. But listen, you know, credit to Kaidoff, the, the, the rally, um, they, got the, they got a crucial goal in at the start of extra time and then just just did enough to see themselves through. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're gutted because it would have been a, a fitting reward for the Oilhands after a, a lifetime of playing for us and it would have been a brilliant experience for the young boys coming through. So I, I don't think we'll ever have a better opportunity. If you were to say at the start of the year, you won't play Burn, Hilltown, Clonduff, Kilku, one point to get to a county final. You'd have put your hand off for it, you know? So... Um, unfortunately, you never know. We, we just have to keep knocking the door, and someday we'll make it through. You know. Let's see. What What did you take from from the game? Like what? You know, the introduction of Ronnie Murdoch obviously spurred um, Ballyhoe and Don, and it was like he was throwing dummies there that were older than the man he was marking at, at times. <laughs> like you know, but you know what? The, what What did you take from the game? It was It was a cracking game. Like it was a brilliant game. It was very very open. I think you know both both teams tied up especially really opened it up, but. I think with Paul Murphy and Ronan Murray, as long as I've been watching senior football, them two boys have been about and they've been great players for the county and the club. And that's gotten for them, really is, you know, to, to get so close to that opportunity to represent Ballyholm in the county final and, and to just fall short by the minimum. But Ballyholm, the first half was, was quite surprised at their, at their performance in the first half. And that, that really gave carried up confidence. And the comeback was brilliant taking it the extra time and pushed them all the way. But it was, I know it was a couple of times level, but it just, they just couldn't get ahead and kick on. And I think credit to tied up there for holding out and, and getting over the line. Mm-hmm. Dorney, um, carried off, you know, you, you, some saying there's five, I, th- I think there's five at one stage, um, down footballers on, on the on the panel. You know, were you surprised the start they made and, and how difficult they made life for Ballyhound? Oh, well, but if you remember back in the before a ball was kicked in the championship, we'd only show an eye. They're one of my dark horses. 
Well, you're, only, you're, only, you're only in the three sentences in and you're already playing them. No, well, the people's getting to five. Yes, there was. There's three. There's actually three carried up players in the pile at the minute. Uh, was before a ball was kicked, yes, I thought they would do well. After the Landoff game, I says, oh, yeah. maybe a bit to go. I think the Landoff game, they actually learned a lot about themselves where they were very naive against Landoff. Went at one-on-one at the back. They did learn a lot from defensively. Look, Jerry Duff have great players. They have a lot of good underage. They've, they're actually a lesson. I'm going to throw yourselves in this. I think Kerry Duff and Saul are a lesson. And then Shamrocks, that youth, they've really invested in youth 10 years ago, and now it's paying off. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a lesson. They are. If you, if a lot of clubs take up their even to look at their template and say, look, look what can be done if you do the hard work done at underage level. Look what happens. And to be fair, look, as Shane said, it, it was gotten for Paul Mark and Rony Morda. I just... Like Shane mentioned, I couldn't believe Rony Morda passed the ball. I was going, but look, in my age, Rony Morda changed the game for Ballyholm just because he just he just went direct up. And the minute he got the ball, he went direct. But look, carried off. I think it's great for down football. For uh, just in a final look, they're up again, the Kilcoo. But as, as the game itself on Sunday, I thought it was brilliant. Just as a neutral, I know Ballyholm and carried off. People were probably sitting going. Uh, I would just like to ask you something. Were Ballyhole maybe a wee bit safe? Play it safe, maybe the first half. Yeah, look, the the intention was uh, there was a scar from last scar from last year. Dorney um, blew out the gate after fifteen minutes, and it was just get to the water break, be in the game, keep it nice and compact, and and play our way in, you know. And and that didn't go according to plan. And you're right that. It was a strong wind on, you know, and and it, and it did it did affect us. I said at half time, um, Cardiff played a blinder in that they didn't line out as per what, what was even called out over the tannoy because we were listening to see if there was a switch, and then they lined out on the pitch and they've made a couple of changes and you're you're reacting. So I think for five or six minutes it just caught us a little bit on the hop trying to get our matchups right. Um, Murph, Murph ended up marking uh, Michael McGrath and that was never supposed to happen. Uh, and we had to get Mark Walsh across to him and Murph back on to um, the big lad in the middle. And it just, just I think it just unsettled us a wee bit, just just getting it right. And then by that point, they kicked a couple of frees. We were running the blind blind alleys, running in the contact. Our first 20 minutes was atrocious. I mean, the, the productivity level, John, was atrocious in the first yeah. half. And yeah. you're just hanging on for grim, for grim death, trying to make sure that you're still in the game at the half. And... Even like it wasn't an eight point wind, you know, at half time, but um, yeah, probably a bit too safe, Dorney. But it was a scar from last year, and, and maybe we give kind of a wee bit too much respect in the first 15 20 minutes. And you know, um, we're asking ourselves tonight actually with, with a bit of a WhatsApp sort of powwow, and we're sort of going, What what do you think the slow start was down to? I think there has to be a little bit of it mentally from last year, even though. Some of them young boys never played last year. They're only coming through, you know. So, yeah. who who knows if you could do it all again? It's like I'm sure if if Clinduff could do that all again, when John Boyle came on, they would have went man to man on him, you know. And and they might they might have been in still in the championship, you know. So yeah. everybody will have their regrets at, at the end of a game, and and really, it's how quickly you can react on the pitch at, at that moment to make some switch, to make a change, to to get yourself back in the game. And I think that's where people learn their corn, you know. Marty, just watching the game. Um, did the results surprise you? And you know, as Shane says, Ballyhone's slow start. Um, 
a big factor in the game. There's been a lot of criticism of referees this season. I have to say, I thought Kieran Brannigan was excellent. There was nobody buying free kicks out there, and I don't know what Shane thought of him himself, but you couldn't have bought a free kick. You had to earn it. And I thought he was excellent throughout the game. Uh, it made for a great spectacle the way Kieran refereed the game. Um, like Shane said, they asked for leaders at half time uh, uh, with the Murphy, Joe, and, and, and Paul Murphy. And, uh, obviously, Ronan and Murray, Murray coming on. They got the leaders. They got the leaders they asked for. But they still relied a lot of Seamus uh, Locker and getting the scores. I think nine maybe got. And carried off had 10 scores across the, across the pitch. Maybe that reliance on Seamus was was the downfall a bit at the end of it. Uh, albeit, as Shane mentioned, that the slow start probably was the killer. Mm-hmm. And Shane, I suppose, like you know, Seamus had a, had a blind championship from from the dead ball. He was racking up scores after scores, and you know, boys were waxing lyrical about his performances against Longstone and um, others. But you know, do you think that once you have a game plan like that, and they have an off day, or they're just not at that? 80 to 100 percent, you know, you're you're setting yourself up for a fall then. Well, look, Dorian sure was at the Longstone game. Longstone set up with a double sweeper and um, set set us set themselves up as hard to break down and and, and foul us around the periphery and shimmy nailed every single free kick, which meant which meant that the, the game plan was well, it doesn't matter. We don't have to get inside yet. We'll just keep picking off points from the outside, and they weren't even coming from play. He was just nailing every dead ball. And that makes the team then adjust, you know. And, and all year long, he's been hitting dead ball after dead ball. Don't know if the occasion got him a wee bit. Jimmy's a very confident boy, so I don't, I don't think it was that. But he, he had one or two inexplicable misses. One out of his hands inside the day that he hit the post with that you were, you were just... I, I, we were talking and couldn't believe he had missed it, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say, Morley's right. He scored eight points. He got, he got six from freeze. He got two from play. Um, he's, a big, he's a big weapon for us, but... He needs to develop more in his general play. He's 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 done well on his freeze. He needs to be more of a threat in general play, and and he knows that himself. He he knows he's a long way to go, but I I think over the next year or two you'll see that we have we do have other natural scoring forwards that we're starting to produce. John McGovern's one in particular that's going to stand out over the next few years. Um, Ryan Connolly, who came on as a scoring forward, I think we're getting there with our with our forward line. Um, uh, it used to be Ronnie Mortar all the way. Now it feels like it's Jamie Locker all the way. Um, look, um, it was a big day for him. It was a big ask. A, a lot of responsibility on, on young shoulders, but he's well capable for it and he's very confident. So like, it wasn't a case of the next free kick, he'd have been hitting it, and the next one, he'd have been hitting it. You yeah. know, and we have a lot of confidence in him. So not, not trying to put any of the, of the blame on him. But, um, but back, back, to, back to Morty's point, we were delighted that it was Kieran Brannigan. Because Kieran lets the game go, you know, um, and and because he lets it go, it, it it I thought it would have suited Ballyholland to get to get wired in the carried off a little bit, you know, um, <laughs> slow them down a wee bit maybe and and, and halt those runners. But uh, no, I was no fault with Kieran. Look, you're, uh, before I went over to do the interview at halftime, I went out to Kieran at a wee nibble at him. Do you know when you're eight points down and you feel there's a couple of fifty fifties and he doesn't give them your way? I had a wee moan at him, but he just dismissed me and he was right too. It was. Like, <laughs> He knew full well that they weren't freeze, and I was just scratching around for something, you know, just to try and hope that you put it in his head that he might give you a free the other way at the start of the second half. But um, look, you try all them wee things, don't you? You try anything you That's can it. to get a turn out of a referee or a linesman or whatever, you know. That's it. The uh, kind of setup, um, Ronan Beatty was, was, you know, 
an obvious target for him. But the set's very wide. John McGill hugging the the right touch line. I think it was um, Michael McGrath then with the on the on the left touch line. And they were looking for that diagonal ball into Beatty and then getting the runners off him. And you know, in the first half, it was working a treat. Yeah, tied up got a lot of interchangeable players. You know, from their half back line up to the full forward line, the the boys there that are very adaptable to different positions. But McGrath and McGill were were excellent, and so much ball went through them, and a great pace going forward. But Beatty, Beatty there at full forward, his movement was good. He he seemed to be the focal point of that attack. And the, the other boys seem to accept that, but the way the way they came wide, as, as you're talking about, John, and then you know they're looking up there for the target man, the men around them, but again, possibly a bit predictable too. Always looking to hit in that number fourteen spot on the edge of the square. But Joe and McGrath were were two brilliant players in that game, and I, I thought Ballyholland did struggle to deal with them. Mm-hmm. I thought they had, they had both boys had had a strong strong influence game, especially with you from scoring as well. Yeah, yeah. The only you know kind of defence has been you know uh, come under a lot of criticism, especially against the the Trundoff game. But um, I thought they were excellent. The the hounded in packs and you know Ian O'Brien stood up this week for me and and you know was a real leader at the back. Yeah, to be fair, that like. We talked about earlier on how naive they were against Handoff when you think how wide open they were. And they obviously looked, they learned serious lessons from that game. I actually thought Connor Cassidy at full back was mm-hmm. just immense. He seemed to be everywhere, cutting balls out. I thought Jarv Henderson, number 18, Redford yeah. fella, yeah. was brilliant. I think Jarv actually did center half back from last year. I think that, that, like, how well, how well defensively they played. Now, in saying that, Mark Ballyhone cut the open through his eight hands, and Mark Haynes made brilliant saves. But I looked compared to where they were at in the Tanduff game, and you look how wide open they were against Tanduff. And even to a certain extent, like Longstone cut the open to his eight hands and just didn't score. I thought they were, I thought at the back, they were very a massive improvement from them compared to where they come from. And, yeah. look, and it was fair play to them. They end up just doing enough and getting over the lane. We'll see who makes the, makes the team of the week. Marty, the next game then, the, the big one that was billed as, um, I've seen a couple of people online weren't happy that was billed as in a final all but name, but, you know, um, Kalku, just a different level, and they've just been ramping it up ever since that one point defeat in, in, the, in the second round. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were... That uh, got the wee freight from one point last year when they were on them so close, and obviously earlier on the championship, the win, and heard everybody talking about that you need to be concur the knockout stage, no no good beating them early on. And they certainly learned from that game. Um looked like a completely different animal on on Sunday now. They uh they upped it a gear. Um the Johnsons and the Brannigans again like there's no stopping them. Um McGowan and goals for one point kept the score respectable for a long time, but uh, it could have been it could have been a lot worse for one point. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose, boys. The uh, you know, do you think Hollow? There's a, there's a there's a psychological war even in that game. That one point of the of the contenders and and Kukui are just saying here. You know, this is a marker for you. I just think their their game management is off the charts. Like they just they just every single one of them. They don't make silly mistakes. They don't they don't give away turnovers. They keep the ball when they know they have to keep the ball. They run the clock when they have to run the clock. 
um, it's almost as if they've just their football IQ is just way above anything else. Do you know, we we look back at moments in our game and there was just a straight pass at the wrong time or a forced pass at the wrong time or someone takes an extra solo in the contact. They don't do that. They just, you know, I, I just imagine their training sessions or their coaching sessions, they're just drilled and drilled and drilled about you know, when to do the right thing and how to do the right thing. And that, that's bloody hard to do. So I don't think they get enough credit for their football intelligence from 1 to 15 in terms of, you know, reacting to a game, understanding the flow of a game, the momentum of a game, what, what's on the clock, uh, what they've got to do, what they've not. It's just, you know, they know when to drop deep. Uh, it's funny, you can pick up on the camera and, and the commentary made a comment about uh, Mickey Moore and shouting, I think he was shouting tight. Was he t- shouting tight or squeeze? He was shouting something. And it was a signal for players on the field to, to adjust on the field to, to go and do something defensively, I think. But I just don't think they get enough credit for their football IQ. They're just a, a phenomenal team. Um, but the point, look, the point are so close, boys. Like they, they've got lots of quality footballers too. The big gunk for them will have been to get so close to lay the marker down in the, in the way they did in the first day and then to beat the teams they beat subsequently, their tails must have been up and they must have been flying high leading into this game. Um, I, I watched it again today. Like, until, was, I think Jock got the goal. I don't know if Jock or Jerome, uh, it was a bit of a scramble. Yeah. It was, was it Jock that was given the goal? I'm yeah, not sure. I, think, I think it was Jock. I'm not too sure now. But... I think that put them five up. And until that point, there was nothing in the game. Like, yes, yes, Philgoo kept themselves ahead. There was nothing in the game. And then it, the goal just seemed to suck all of the energy and belief out of the point. And, and uh, Kalku just nailed on a couple or three points. And all of a sudden, it went from three to eight. And it was over at that point, you know. And I think that the point will be disappointed that it petered out in the way that it petered out. But um, there's no better team. I mean, as soon as they went five points up, Ryan Johnson controls the pace, turning sideways, giving it back out the other side. I mean, they're just their game management is off the charts for me. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what you know. Watching the game and you know two of the top teams in in the county, certainly from from last year and you know evidence this year. Um, how did you how would you rate that game? You know, on on Kilcoo's performance. Oh, that was a brilliant Kilcoo performance. I thought I thought it was absolutely superb. It was probably one of their best performances since maybe the early rounds Ulster Championship last year, but I thought they were brilliant. And I actually don't subscribe to the to the notion that the point are, are very close. I think that showed on Sunday maybe that they're slightly further off than people think because Kukud more in them. And what they did, especially in the second half, it was near light and day between them and Warren Point. Now, Warren Point looked leggy. They were lacking somebody to just take this, the game by the scuff of the neck. And it's all well and good, you know, these early rounds of our championship structure. And, you know, you can beat your cuckoos in those early rounds. But this is this is the business end of it now. And when the straight knockout comes, cuckoos are obviously taken for this. But one point, I, I think they'll be seriously disappointed because they it nearly looked like they give up the ghost in the second half. And fair credit to cuckoos, somebody calls me it. You know, Chuck Ballingham didn't start. You know, you presume he's dropped. Aaron Morgan didn't see, you know, game time. Darrell Hallen out of the, the picture. So, many more makes some serious calls. But another point today, I was reading a, a newspaper article and it was an interview with Aaron Brannigan. And Aaron Brannigan was talking about, you know, the winning mentality in Kilku. And he mentioned about, you know, even losing a training game, a Kilku training, 
hurts really, really bad. <laughs> and that, that, you know, that, that's that mindset there. But one point, need to look now, you know, maybe how they manage the championship. They probably were trying to go strong from the start to put out a marker, but if they're maybe a wee bit smart about it next year, maybe look towards the latter stages of the, of the championship in terms of them taking, but that was a hell of a disappointment for them. And the way, I, I did think they gave up a wee bit meekly at times, but that's possibly to do with their, their campaign and, the, you know, the extra time, the penalties, and they just mm-hmm. did look a wee bit leggy. Tony, do you think that the Clinduff game scored one point um, you know, leading up that game? And, you know, Kilcoo certainly you know, were in cruise control against Ostrava. And, you know, they just yeah. seemed to be going through the gears in that game. Look, probably, if, if you've been really bad, look, Clinduff probably should have beat Warren Point. I think Clinduff showed serious weaknesses in Warren Point. That, look, Warren Point were not the dude that uh, ended the habit this year of just going man on man. And pushing up and leaving a little leave, leave plenty of space in behind the goal name kick out to go on a full press sometimes. Again, Clandoff it happened. I thought they were caught two or three times and I thought Kokou obviously sat down and watched the video. And probably as you said there, look, Kokou beat her seven, they got out of second gear, the nice and they were Warren Point were took to the <coughs> pound of colour. But mm. if you're you can say all the Warren Warren Point, if somebody had said the Warren Point man at the start of the year, you should beat Kokou, you should beat Bourne. And you'll beat Clandoff in the championship. You'll be sitting thinking, yeah, we're, and then you're told you're not even making the final. Mm. But I do agree with Mark. Like, there's a time and place to beat Kilcoo, and it's knockout stage and knockout stage only. <laughs> because I do think, I know in a couple of years for Castle Wang, we took them close to an extra time, and it was in qualifiers. Sorry. You're right. Trying to ring me there. And I think it's the sooner down, I think down. Now nah, McLean, nah, is it? <laughs> straight knockout. No, I think down championship straight knockout. But look, I, I give Kilcoo credit. I thought that was one of the best in team displays I've seen from any Kilcoo team. So I thought I have never seen them play as well as that. Like I thought they were brilliant in an Ulster final last year. I thought on Sunday they were just that was the best I've seen them play. And I actually think, look, no disrespect to any other man. Like I know Paul McCaver done great work there, Jim McCray. Mickey Moore now hasn't played the best football I've ever seen them play. Mm-hmm. And like Shane mentioned the thing, the football IQ, but if you look, they do the simple things well. They do, the simple things are done well, but they're done at serious pace. Like for an eye, I thought, like if, you, if you've been really cold about it, but like Kilku gave Warren Point the goal, it was a bad kick out for it. And I think, like if Warren Point, or sorry, Kilku had a, took a goal chance in the first half, that weren't quite being out the gate. And if you go back to the third goal chance, I think Keelan Doherty, where he'd done everything right, hard, lower on the ground. I think it was Paddy Murdoch got back and cleared out of the lane. It probably would have been one of the all-time great goals. The quick hands, it was a little hand pass mm-hmm. yeah. coming up. If that had it went in the net, you'd be sitting going, that's probably the best championship goal we've ever seen. But <laughs> I just think Kaku, and to be fair, they have raised the barn down because down clubs now are looking at them going, how are we going to catch these boys? We have to up our game here. And look, maybe times you think clubs are getting closer to them, but then you look at Sunday evening and you just go, oh, what a long way to go. I actually <laughs> think they're better now than they've ever been. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they've now Ryan Johnson fully fit. They've introduced Ryan McAvoy is playing all the time. Sheen Johnson. And Sheen was very quiet. They've actually a, a real serious squad. Now you said Jack didn't start. Daryl Hallen didn't start. Aaron Morgan didn't start. But it's their... It's their pace. And you look, how many times on Sunday did they create chances to back each other's pace with a wee, a wee dink ball over the top? They know he's going to win in pace. Mm-hmm. 
he'll have the pace to take it. And I just said, it was one of the best team displays I've seen from a team in a long, long time. That's nine finals in a row now, Donny. Yeah, okay. ten, like ten, ten finals in 12 years. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, a couple yeah. of years ago, people were saying maybe they're, they're finished, maybe when Paul McKay were done. You know, look at the team that finished up in the field. I know they took Lava off. They ended up with Chuck. I think Chuck and Niall McAvoy and Niall Brannigan take them three out. Jerome Johnson's the next oldest at 26. And they ain't going anywhere. You've got the boys have come okay, through. Look, look, look as well, Tony, at their underage setup. And look what's coming through. They've a conveyor belt coming through, you know, and all the work that's going on that they put in 15, 20 years yeah. ago. It's just been, it's now a conveyor belt. People forget 20 years ago, Kaku in Division 3. Yeah. And I know I'd be friends with a couple of people in Kaku. And I know they've done, it's that 15 or 20 years, done serious work. Mm. At underage, and look, it's it pays like it, it pays dividends if you put the work in and you've a long time per, or plan and head. I think it works, but it's just it's getting the right man. Look, it does it. It's not just a matter of saying, "Oh, we're going to put Tom, Dick, and Harry in charge of this for the next four or five years at underage." You need the right man mm. and coaching the right way. Yeah, and, and that's it's a big like, and the credit too. Because look, there's people who say they're jealous, or you. It's just like I, I like on Sunday, I, I just sat back and watched and went. Well, look, fair play because they've done everything the right way. Mark, you you, you mentioned something there um, about picking teams for different days. I mean, or, or, or certainly the squad, you know, the scenario. That's what they do. They, they, they look at a team. Like I, I guarantee you the team that finished or started that match won't be what starts the match against um, against Cardiff. They'll, they'll analyse that. I think they get their match-ups brilliantly well nearly every time. They get their match-ups spot on. Like the, the move of the match for me was putting Kayleigh Dock on John Boyle mm-hmm. because it, it pretty much nullified John's influence on the game completely. Like At one point in the first 10 minutes I'm watching and Kayleigh Dock's just like, forget about the ball, he's just marking John Boyle. Do you know, like John Boyle come on against Clinduff and just changed the momentum of the game. He got on the ball, he was like a, a quarterback you know, just moving the ball and, and, and gave them a big sense of belief and confidence. He, he was he was nullified, right? And then Keely, Keely Dock got on the front foot there and got himself in behind him for a couple of goal chances. Like, I, I, that was a brilliant move. I would never have thought you'd put him on on John Boyle. You know, I never would have thought that's what you would have done. So, Hall, if you think back the first day, even to put Eugene Brannigan and John Boyle, and it was everybody, John Boyle was out of the game. They obviously looked at that and went, well, look, we're going to be brave here. Yeah. Because everybody thought, They'll go Eugene Brannigan again and John Boyle. And next yeah. thing they put Keely Dark. And Keely Dark, man, was, he actually was their nightmare. Yeah. But also, there's an arm move. Like, Paddy Murdoch done made great progress again in the last day. Eugene Brannigan was yeah. putting him. Eugene yeah. Brannigan kicked three points. Paddy mm. Murdoch's nowhere to be seen. But there's, just, there's, there's a sense for me in the group that there's no egos in the group. You know, you stand down on a given day, you come in the next day, you move over and someone else is doing that job and you have a different job. They're just... That, that there doesn't seem to be any egos and I don't know if you notice at the end of every uh, when Mickey Moore is speaking to them they're just totally attentive like there's no they're just lapping it up you know there's just complete discipline into what's going on there I, I, okay, the, and the other thing is don't you don't you don't really get a lot of information right I mean um, Mark you're talking there about a, a newspaper article you don't really get a lot of information about what goes on in there but there must be fierce working on in that 30 35 man in-house training sessions, it must be unbelievable. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, it was just the, uh, in terms of the key cog, I think a lot of this is, is Mickey Moran because respect those cuckoo boys have for him, and he, he is operating on a completely different level in terms of tactics. And 
them Kilcoo boys obviously have high expectations of their management team, but what Mickey Moore's done in the past and the way he's operating now and get them the all iron final all, the respect levels are for him and I think they hang on his every word. Mm. And he can make a decision like not starting some of the top end players in the club. He, he can drop captains and that's respected by all simply because what do they think of Mickey Moore? And I think that's a big point. He, Mark, he I noticed last year in one of the Ulster games, Ryan McAvoy got a black card near the end of a game and he came over to the sideline and he was apologising to Mickey Moore on yeah. the way off. And he literally just pointed to the, to the dugout and didn't say a word to him and he just accepted it and then he went. And I just <laughs> thought, I know he's only a young lad making his way, but it was just total acceptance of, of Mickey Moore. And, you know, and look, credit to them. Do you remember, was it, was it, Two years ago, when people said oh, they've appointed Mickey Moore, and, and we're all going, "What's going on there?" Like, I mean, wh- wh- where do they think they're going, and do they think they're going to get any further? And lo and behold, you know, so um, it's a ph- phenomenal effort by by um, just the entire club, really. Do you know? Well, just with the with the um, warm point, then we'll just finish on them. You know, it's sort of like the Olympic cycle, um, four years now with with Nell and, and you know they've got so close last year. Um, is he freshen things up and, and you know how to warm point then like what do you do if you're a contender to Kilcoy John I saw Dorney in the point that I with Fergal McCormick so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that uh, <laughs> he's not that bad is he uh, Fergal I'm going to say he's a man or not <laughs> but listen give give Magdalenean, um serious credit like great because but he's what well, he's brought them forward. Bernie Rowan, I think, before him had done a job, and he's coming again, and I think he's moved them forward. So, you know, his uh, profile at the point is pretty decent. You know, to me, it's pretty decent, and, and they look like they've got a bunch of good athletes. Um, you know, they'll be very sore. That the I think there's there's still a kick in the point. I don't think it's the end of an era of, from from the point. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe now I'll look at it and say I've gone as far as I can go. Maybe somebody else comes in, but they they probably need to be looking. You know, at a at a, at a certain caliber of coach now to try and really, you know, I think in their scenario where they haven't won one, you got to go and get somebody that has won one or two or three, and that person comes in and they know what they're doing because they've done it before and. You bring that caliber of coach in to the point, and you get another reaction from them, you know. But even like that's what I'm saying. Like even if you know, obviously Nal hasn't decided what's happening or anything. But even him to bring in some somebody new just to freshen yeah. it up as well. Of course, change, you know, just the like it just seems to be that now you know they're so close. And I know Fancy you're saying they're not, but you know they were appointed it last year. You know, how do they go to the next level then? Yeah, Shane makes a valid point. I, now McLean's done a great job, him and the backroom team, you know, even McAvoy and Ollie Sloan, that they, they have a great job to get them into this position as contenders. But that, that, that Kilcrude defeat had to be a rude awakening there, you know, and there's got to be a lot of soul searching players and management. Four years is a, is a long time, and I think now you can look at what he's done there and be really proud of what he's done because he has brought them up to the top table. But... Look, look, looking at policy moving forward, maybe not next year, but down the line, somebody with Ulster pedigree, you know, you know, that's what they need to look at. Somebody's, you know, top club in Ulster, maybe in Derry, Trump County, somebody knows what it takes to win championships and that might be what they're maybe looking for to, to bring them on to that next level to, to you know, close the gap and fill through a bit. But no, fair credit to Nile and his team, they've done a great job. 
Good stuff, boys. So we'll do the um, team of the team of the week, the Blue Balls senior team of the week, and Hollow will go for the contenders first. And Mark Fitz, you've got the the deciding vote this week. If that's okay to make the team, all right. So we'll go yeah. with the uh, Hollows and Donny's um, nominees. Then goalkeeper Mark Haynes for me. I went with I went with Gary Mack in the point. Jesus, Donny. Well, only for him. Only oh, for him. Great, three one-on-ones and I thought his kick-outs were great. And I went with Hainsey last week. So. <laughs> I thought Mark, I thought Mark Haynes, um, two saves, although really just put the, put the nail in your coffin, really. Two, two brilliant saves. The one, the one of Ryan Connolly in extra time would have been, to me, the nail in the coffin for them. Yeah. And I, I, Gary Mack, yes, absolutely made two brilliant saves, but they ended up getting beaten comfortably. Hines made saves that won him the game in in my head, so that's why I give I give him the nod on that basis. Just got a question for you, Hollow. If you're a forward and you're in there burned down in goal, where would you hit them shots? Hold on, Hollow burned down in goal. What age was I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story. Right, I was 15 playing for Ballyhun Seniors, and we were in Arnsborough, right? And and have any listeners of a certain vintage, Shawnee McGuigan played for the Mitchells teams in the 60s and Shawnee was our coach at that time and Shawnee was a forward and played with Sean O'Neill and all the rest but Shawnee's a great raconteur, he would tell stories all day long. But he pulled me after, I had a chance and I went through and I tried to smash it and he says to me, always keep it low, always, the keeper will struggle to get down, always keep it low and I'm coaching wee lads and every single one of them, they want to hit the stanchion, they want to smash it off the crossbar, they want to hit it as hard as they can. And it's just one of those ones, you're just looking for that wee bit of composure. Slot it low, give a go. And, and sometimes low and close to the keeper because, you know, he can't get his hands down close enough to his body to get it. So, look, some, some people have a knack of doing it. Ronan Beatty, we mentioned earlier, to me, is a fantastic goal scorer. He, he knows how to finish. Um, yeah, Dorney, I would have, you know, easy to say in that moment in your head, you got to think, keep it low and pass it into the net. Hard low, pass it, yeah. match, you know. That's a who do you go for? Goalkeeper for this week? I'm going to go for Hines because, as Shane mentioned, his team won on their, their game-winning saves. Guy McMahon kept it respectable with his saves, and he's been one of the keepers of the championship. But Hines edges is it this week. Good stuff. Like, and you're not even mentioning Bobo there either, like he's you know, scoring for fun these days too, Marty. Like, there's free kicks abilities second to none. Another weapon for Goku. Another weapon is right. Yeah. He, uh, he rarely watches. First class, like first class. So there's Mark Hines then. And is number one. Full backs then. Shane, your three. What do you want to put it was, in? It was tricky, but I've, I've gone for um, Sean Campbell from Ballyholland. Um, I thought Sean was outstanding on Sunday. Sean's one of the three Campbell brothers. Uh, and I probably could have picked Billy in there, uh, but I didn't. I've gone with Sean Campbell. I've gone with Connor Cassidy, who... Uh, Dorney picked earlier on thought he was superb on Sunday past and and the only one point player that I got into the team and the point boys are not thank me for this but I just I, I couldn't pick one other than I've ran Boyle in the team at cornerback and we didn't quite play there but I've, I've got Sean Campbell Connor Cassidy and ran Boyle in the team Dorney I went with Garn, Garth Henderson from Jerry Duff thought he was absolutely brilliant I went with Connor Cassidy at full back and even though I went with Ryan McAvoy, I simply had to get Ryan McAvoy again into the team. I yeah. thought Ryan McAvoy and Connor Cassidy were outstanding. And mm. That's the full-back lane I went with. Marty, any nominees there yourself? You thought had a 
outstanding. I actually thought uh, Rory Campbell done quite well. Though we talked earlier about how uh, how well Ronan Beattie done, I thought uh, Rory Campbell done quite well on him uh, and shackled him well. He uh, he proved how dangerous it was in the previous game, but I thought Rory did quite well. Yep. What's that? Go ahead, your three. Three. Um, Connor Cassidy with two votes there. He had a shaky start to the championship, but uh, my God, has he improved? So. Connor Cassidy of the have in there at three. Um, Ryan McAvoy in there as well. I know the full back line, but a, a notable match too. I thought uh, Niall McAvoy had a great game for Cuckoo in the full back line, but um, I'll go Ryan McAvoy and then the other corner. Gareth Henderson was, was I agree with Dorney. He was superb and he's he's a player who's just kind of kind of come out over the past couple of years. So I'll go Henderson, Cassidy and Ryan McAvoy. Good stuff. Good stuff. But I hope you're writing these down because uh, Richie Rams has given off to me that I haven't written these down for him whenever we're doing the, the graphics. So Ten months yeah. <laughs> Half back, Shane. Yeah, um, again, I struggle to get people in certain positions, so this is what I've done. I've gone, I've gone John McGill at right half back. I thought John McGill was outstanding um, on Sunday. I've gone with. Eugene Brannigan at six. I actually had Ryan McAvoy at six. I know these boys are interchangeable, but I've gone with Eugene Brannigan and and I opted for Caleb Doherty, who I know he picked up John Boyle and maybe ended up in midfield, but I've got two other midfielders. So I had to get Caleb Doherty in the team, given the role that he played. Uh, and I thought Eugene Brannigan was excellent. So McGill, Brannigan and Doherty for my half-back line. Don't it? I went with McGill, Dav, Brannigan and Arm Brannigan. Now, of them other two, of two boys you mentioned, the only team, but not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I think we're trying to do the impossible here and trying to pigeonhole the two players in the yeah. position. But um, John McGill's got to be there um, at the right half back. And I think he should be on that county panel. He's been a revelation. Six. We'll go with Eugene there. Um, I, know, I know the role he played, but. Three points he got as well, and he covered. Again, he just covers every bit of grass. So, so you know Eugene Browning and laying out a full forward. Top of and then for for seven, that was probably Aaron Browning's best game in the championship. Um, he he was everywhere, and he was very gamey as well. So I'll go for him in the other wing half back stop. Good stuff, Marty. I suppose that the half back line position now. As, as the boys are alluding to, it's very hard to say now you're a half-back or a full-back. It's, it's just man markers now, isn't it? Oh, see the numbers on the shirts, they mean nothing now. <laughs> uh, I had a tired time uh, with, with Shane Mahollan's old friend there, John Keane, whenever I had a mark him at a, a half-back, it used to run me ragged. <laughs> but the, the numbers on the backs mean nothing now. They, they, like Dorney says, you can line out at full forward and end up playing in the centre-half-back position. So, um, yeah, you have to be multi-skilled and, uh, and attacking half-backs are the, are the key at the minute. But it seems to be that 5, 6 and 7 could play at 10, 11, 12 and vice versa, right? They're just interchangeable and some some teams set up 5 and 7 are actually their attacking players and 10 and 12 are their defensive players. They're just, that's they're just that's the way you always play. played Hollow, wasn't it? You lined at 11 but you were that mobile, you, you just went anywhere. <laughs> There, there's 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 a there's a young Elvis year and then there's a fat Elvis year on. There's, there's two years. There's two years coming. Midfielders, hello. Um, I went with and 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 like 
Donny's maybe picked one or two in this in this position. I've moved them elsewhere. I had to pick Paul Murphy. Um, maybe some Ballyhoe and Bass. I had to pick Paul Murphy. Um, I just he's just, he's just a war horse. He's something else. He's forty years of age and he lasted seventy odd minutes and he's made us some stuff. He's just such a leader and. To see someone like Paul Murphy crying after a game because it, it hurt him so much that he just it, it just I know that's 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 a bit emotional but I guess what he's doing at forty years of age he's marking lads at half of his age you know and he took a massive hit in the first half um don't know if you noticed and it shook him he, I think he was a wee bit dazed you know but he just ploughed on and, and horsed on he kicked a brilliant point off the outside of the boot which nearly lifted the stand for the couple hundred people that were in it um and I'm going with Josh Connery. Um, Josh is a real rangy midfield player. He gets, he's like almost a box-to-box soccer player. Um, really impressed with Josh over the course of the year. And again, he does a lot of work. Not, not necessarily always ending up on the end of things and getting scores, but he, he, he makes runs from deep and, and he gets himself back on the edge of the box as well. So I've, I've gone with Murphy and Connery. Just to say, Josh Connery there, Peter Turley was on last week and, you know, he was saying he's very impressed with um, Connery just like simply keeps it and, and knows his role and, and just up and down the field like just yeah. thinking the play great engine so, so it's good to see midfielders still alive and, alive and well in the county Dorney I went with Josh Connery I thought outstanding just he's actually probably turned into like John McGill one of carried off the most important play just never stops it's mm. up and down he just he's everywhere you're looking he's cutting balls out in the fence and then he's at the other end of the field linking, he's just I thought he was immense. I agree with Shane. Paul Murphy had a has had a great, a great probably that was probably his best game of the championship. And I did think when he kicked the point, put his point behind. I thought mm-hmm. there was only going to be one winner. Yeah. But look, I, you couldn't leave Dylan Ward out. I thought Dylan Ward, the R and again, Warren Point was just relentless. Like how many times was he just breaking from midfield again? It would go back to that pace, like the pace. Isn't it? Why weren't I seen him? On the 21, then Kilcoo defend the next time. 20 seconds later, he's like, hey, how many are in the field taking points? I thought, I'd never seen Delhi Ward play like that. He looked like a player with that hunger, that the really a desire. I thought he actually tortured Warren Point the other night. I thought he was actually the best player in the field. Mm. No, Delhi Ward seems a nightmare to play against too. Like, he's always in your face. <laughs> he's always... But every, as you said, every blade of grass, he was there. Like, he was just... The, the, his fitness levels must have just went through the roof. Like it's, just, it's his pace. It's that yeah. burst of pace he has. He just, just unbelievable. Like unbelievable. Marty, um, any other midfielders like to mention? Uh, no, I I was uh, fully agree with with Donny there. Uh, Dilly Ward kicked three points. I thought he was immense. Couldn't keep up with him when he did uh, burst forward. Uh, he he would have been my outstanding player uh, on the Kukui team. He he. Uh, he caused all sorts of damage now to, to Warren Point when he ran at them. Definitely. Fancy, you've got three nominees there and only two places. Yeah, tough one. Dylan Ward was absolutely sublime. Again, a player's not always guaranteed his position on that. Kapu starting 15, but my God, he proved the point and he was excellent. So we'll have him in. I suppose from the stars of Paris, Paul Murphy, you know, he, I don't know if this is going to be the end of his career, but it's not the fairy tale end he probably would have liked, but Watch service, 40 years of age, playing senior football over 20 years, service the club and county, and score those couple of points, and just to be in the middle of it, as Shane says, against boys half his age, it's, it's incredible, and, and, I, and I can't see how, you know, maybe that end of that game would have been emotional enough for him, because, you know, you're going out there, your club are getting very, very close, 
to that championship final and for just to fall short is is agonizing. But Paul Murphy and Dylan Ward, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Glad Murphy got in. All right, half four line hollow. So I've gone Dylan Ward. <laughs> he, he was he was the best player in the field, mm-hmm. as Tony says. He was absolutely outstanding. Um it's funny. Um uh, I had Dilly Ward my first years with the minors, I had Dilly Ward in the squad and just couldn't get him to concentrate, focus, come to training. I had Harry O'Hallan on the phone saying, Terry, what can you do to get me? Because I could see all the talent that he had. He just mm-hmm. hadn't the application at that age. But boy, what a player he's turned into. Um, you're right, um, John. I wish he would stop some of the history arcs that goes on. But some players just need a wee bit of extra needle or edge to really get them going. And maybe that's what Dilly has or is. Um, but you can't, his athleticism and his football ability is absolutely superb. So I've Dilly Ward. I've Ryan Johnson, who again is just an absolute class act and just you know he's so important. He's like an orchestra, um, an orchestrator for that for that team. And then I have um, I have Mark Walsh from Valley Holland. Uh, I thought Mark Walsh took a knock earlier on, but ran himself to a standstill for Valley Holland on Sunday, and so uh, I wouldn't fancy playing against that half forward line. Dilly Ward, Mark Walsh, and Ryan Johnson. Tony. I went with Mark Walsh, and you know, I agree with Hull. I thought he was outstanding. Just he never stopped. Like, and people were saying, I know when you took him off an extra time, people don't want to take him half for. But I think he was just as he's a he was yeah, he was. He couldn't even, he couldn't, he could barely run. Yeah, and as you can you tell the pace, he's a boy who has serious pace mm-hmm. too when he gets going. I went again with Jerome at 11, just because that's what he said. Jerome seems to have a new lease of life out there where mm-hmm. he plays just at 11, goes in and out again. Look. With this conversation needed, kind of saying just he's unmarkable at the minute, like he's gone through every game. There's maybe five or six different markers going, and he's he's just I think he's the form forward in the county. And at left half forward, I went with Keenan Doherty simply because he played up there. And I, I thought that was a um, I thought that was move of the match, putting them in John Boyle just completely. And like we one hand, we got we got he reminds me of a Connor Lavery of 15 years ago. He's just mm. oh, when Dark We Dark gets the ball, he's always he's thinking the next move. Where's the next move? And look, We Dark probably was under a bit of pressure the four, after the first day. And we're a point where he had the two the goal chance, the two goals at it, and Gary Mack saved them. Again, he had the chance, Gary Mack saved them. Then that chance he had again with the slick pass move and the, the third goal chance, you could see him steadying himself hard and low along the ground. He's done everything right. And then just Paddy Mordick. <laughs> Just got back to that, but that was my half four line. Mark Welsh, Jerome, and Keenan Doherty. Morning. Um, any any nominees? Uh, I'm not repeating what the boys are saying. I have Mark Welsh wrote down here. So I'm <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> I actually thought uh, an important player for Kai Duff, they lost him, uh, was Joe Tunney. Joe Tunney was uh, a big loss to carry off when he went off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Shane was glad to see the bag of him. Yeah, uh, and he had a, he had a stayed on. Now. I think he had been influential in that game. He's a, he's a wee live for morning. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on really. Be I don't think he's that old either. Now he be still still pretty young. Like the most of that carried up to him, I suppose. But uh, he was a loss. Now he would have uh, uh, he would have caused probably one a lot of trouble had he stayed in the field. Yeah. That's it. Three forwards then from. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Jerome Johnson comes into the equation, the full four lane nominations, but um, Mark Wallace was there. 
Ryan Johnson, who's probably playing the best football I've ever seen him play for Cuckoo in the centre. Um, oh, Ryan Johnson lined up at corner forward. Jerome lined up at 11. <laughs> Dorney, numbers may mean nothing. The numbers mean nothing. He lined up at corner forward and tried to third midfielder. Uh, well, that's, he's playing on, on Fitzy's team as third midfielder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Big Marv's holding. Keon, yeah. Keon Doherty in there, who no one always had his injury woes, but I think we're starting to see the, the real potential in him coming through. and. Dorney, I think, made the point that he could be the next, the, the her to Conor Lavery sort of role. So, Just um, football ability, football ability, nothing else. Sorry, lad. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, that's it. Who was that yeah, then? Mark Walsh, Ryan Johnson and Keelan Doherty. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, hello, please tell me you've got Jerome in the full four lane. I do, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, just want, I just want to uh, talk about Jerome here for a second. What do you put it down to this... Two years ago, boys, uh, you know, he he seemed I don't know like he just he wasn't the same footballer that he is now. Remember a couple of years like he was remarkable whenever whenever he was in his early twenties, like he was he had that turn of pace, he he, he had that strength for defenders. Now all of a sudden he's got it back again, and like as Tony says, like Ryan McLean was on him, then Cormac McCartan had a go on him, mm. Strawberry he was shooting from long distance, and then he yeah. went into the full four line, you know. What have you put down to Hollow? Like, where? How can a player you know, turn it's, this? It's hard to say. Players, stuff goes on outside of football. Do you know, maybe maybe he's starting a business, or he changed his job, or you know, you know, he had a bad year in a relationship, or he, you just don't know mentally where people are in any given year. I think maybe physically he had, he had an ailment or two. I, I don't know enough about it, but I mean, you could always see his 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 goal threat, his pace, his scoring prowess. Uh, and yeah, he just seems to be in a rich scene of form at the minute where he looks like he's unplayable. And, you know, you're walking onto the field, he's probably thinking there's nobody in this field can mark me. And that just changes the mentality completely. So he's just, maybe he's in that spot right now. And and again, you mentioned, you know, Mickey Moore and Conleth Gilligan, you know, he was a, a, a super forward in his day as well. Maybe them boys are just saying the right things, putting them out in the right way and and he's just taking off again. So it's hard to tell what the difference is. Physically he doesn't look any different, Dorney, in terms of it's not that he's bulked up or bulk or, or, or taking anything off or anything. He just seems to be mentally in a great place. I would I would see the like see physically I know he likes the gym now to be fair he's but serious he, he's ser he's very, very strong for the height of him. He's actually like He's the same sort of build if you remember Ronnie Murda a few years ago. That sort of build. But like, if you go back to the Borden game, and I rate Peter Fagan as a really good mark, and Peter was standing him up and doing everything right. But Jerome just had that, the power, just to go by him. And you look, like, Ryan McAleenan could do nothing, and Cormac McYard, and he just went through them every game. Yeah. But I think it's he's playing with confidence now. He is isn't, it, isn't it funny as well that he's so left-footed and yet... He still gets onto that left foot, you know. He he stood Cormac McCartan up in the corner in the second half and and went back twice on his left foot and and still got a shot off. Uh, now he's in, he's he's in great shape at the moment. Uh, he he was outstanding on Sunday as well. Yeah. Outstanding. But see, have you seen the change in him as well? Like, or you know, definitely what he he definitely was off the boil. I don't know what whether he was off the boil or whether he just didn't have that zip anymore. I maybe his conversion rates weren't what the they were um past while but geez he's really come into life this championship physically he just looks so compact he's moving well i know plague injuries again as well in the past few years but he seems to have shook that off and 
Maybe he's just having an, an injury-free, curve-free season where he's just yeah. able to do what he, he does. And mm-hmm. he, he's been deadly. And I actually think he's been the best player in the senior championship this year and down. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hollow, your, your other two nominees then? So, yeah, so Jerome had uh, Rony Murda because of the impact that he had in our game. I was looking at Ross McGarry, Shamie Locker. And, boy, and this, is, this is something you said earlier. Maybe you know, we just expect a lot of some of these players. You go, well... You would expect that of him. Um, but Roney's impact for us, and again, at his age, at 38, 39 years of age, coming in, and, and I just thought, again, maybe maybe a, a sentimental choice, but a, a Roney more in there. And as I looked around, I generally struggled for another one. Now, given me and Dorney seem to be, we've got the, all the right people in the wrong places, but um, <laughs> I've gone with Owen McCabe because I thought Billy Campbell did really well in Owen McCabe. And for a county player, I, I thought Owen McCabe would have had more um, impact in the game. But he scored 1-1 one, one or 1-2. One, and he was their go-to man on their go-to kick-out. You know, they load up his side and they go on top of him and he invariably gets his hand on that ball when they need it. So for impact, importance to carry it off. And, and I was trying to balance across the team, Kalku, Ballyholing and carry it off to give it a spread across the 15. I just couldn't get more Warren Point people into it. But uh, I've gone with Jerome Johnson, Rony Murray and Owen McCabe as a full forward now. Yeah, don't it. Well, I I went with boys in there. I was in other positions, so I'm happy. <laughs> I went with Ryan Johnson. I went with Eugene Brannig, and I went with Ronnie Morda. I thought, and look, I agree with Shane Mahal that was saying about Owen McCabe. Owen McCabe, to be fair, he's starting to find form again. Owen, there's people sometimes look at Owen McCabe and think, oh, he's very. Owen McCabe probably is one of the best fielders of the ball yeah. that I have ever seen, and I actually think his best position is full forward. But simply because Ronan Beatty's doing so well in there, mm-hmm. you can't really take him out. But I think that Ryan Johnson's obviously in the half four and a half in that Eugene Brannigan somewhere else. But as changed, I thought Ronnie Murda the second half. I thought he was a man turning the tide for Bally Home. Just he got the ball. He seemed to bring. He seemed to settle everybody down. He seemed to settle Jimmy down. He seemed to bring Tanner and Russian these boys into the game. Just a wee settle them down. And like the minute Ronnie got the ball, it's just it's the Ronnie of all get the ball and just turn and go at me. And like, if you're playing inside forward, you're playing a cornerback, the one thing you hate is a man getting the ball and just turning and going at you. And that's what Roney done all this. And to be fair, one of the, probably the biggest shot of Sunday was in passing the ball. Yeah. It, was, it was probably the biggest shot, but I, I think Roney more than Don't, don't, don't you'll, you'll laugh at this because you'll know this from playing with him. Um, he, he was very much in, in, in the background right throughout and started to get much sharper in training the boys were telling me he's flying and training he's, he's un- unbelievably well and he gets sprung from the bench and even, even when he came on he was quite you know sensible and sedate of himself you see by the time we got to the water break in the second half he was in the team talk in the huddle saying give me the fucking ball as you're the pound for every team even at training they just just give me the ball. To be fair, he was, he, I thought he was a turning point. But Bally Holmes did a lot better when he was in it. Just a pity. The likes of Ronnie and Paul that it didn't work out. But yep. that's the way football is. Marty, any other nominees for the full forward line? Yeah, well, the obvious Ronan uh, BD. Apart from, he would probably made it into those three only for the job Barry Campbell done on him. He didn't breeze past Campbell just as easy as he could pass the, the Bradsford defence. He yeah. was stood up, he was pushed back, the physical strength. So uh, that probably kept uh, Ronan Beatty out of those three nominations. I don't know if Fitzy maybe has him in there. I'm not too sure, but uh, 
they, uh, I thought that Rui Campbell done an excellent job on him. Didn't let him push him out of the road. I think Rui maybe got a booking later on, which he had to watch himself in there. So, uh, but Ronan Beatty's probably just a bit, uh, just outside of those three. Yeah. Morning, just, just just quickly, morning, just quick. Sorry, just quickly on on Ronan uh, Beatty, his turn in the Bransford game for his goal. I don't know. I'm sure you've all seen it. The turn in a sixpence. It was like, literally, like watch it again. I wanted to watch it again. What did he do? It was unbelievable. His turn for that goal against for against Bransford. I think that to me that was the moment of the championship in terms of a bit of skill that I've seen so far. Yeah, I just breezed past him, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Your three then to complete the team this week. Yeah, so I suppose notable mentions there for for Ronan Beatty and I even think Seamus Lachlan too. But the three, you know, Jerome Johnson's a shoe in. Ronan Morda taking sentimentality out of it. He's there on merit and Owen McCabe who you know showed what he could do with the county and and again could be have a big say in this final as well. So they're the three I went for. Well done, man. Well done, lads, for making the team and. Um, We'll, we'll talk about the, the final later on in, in the conclusion, but that's the team this week. Morty, we'll move on to the juniors now. Um, you were at the two games I sent you on, on missions now to get all the info. Um, we'll start off with uh, Dundrum and, and Agnes to Finn, and I think it's only one man you can talk about, really. Oh, uh, yeah, at uh, Young Shea Crosby. Just uh, Dundrum had done very well. Uh, and say I didn't, I didn't get revenge on Fitzy just by tipping the fin. It was opinion. I thought they would learn from from last year and and that hunger to go out uh, and win it after getting beaten in the final. Um, Dundrum got a goal just on, on half time to bring it back into. Uh, uh, level Pagan going in right on the on the half and at, at the second water break I think it was one nine apiece then then young Shay Groskey just took the, the, the game by the scruff of the neck I think he rattled over maybe eight points from play and it was Dundrum couldn't stop him Dundrum had done a master stroke of putting Big uh, Iron Doyle in on Adam Garland stop the aerial threat going in straight to Adam Garland and, and Aaron done very well yet Adam Garland, I think, returned one four, but uh, and you, you say how, how did he do well when every man scored one four? But I'm sure uh, Mark Fritz will, will agree with me there that Aaron done a good job on him uh, and was the link man to for a lot of the Dundrum kickouts. But yeah, Shay Crosby was the, the the player of the the game there. Fritzy, um, you know, obviously disappointing for yourselves. I think that's the second year in a row. Um, the Finn of Beaches in the, in the semi-finals would it be right? Yeah, they, they beat us last year in Cuckoo. It was a wee bit tighter, but um, the fit have improved this year. The Division Three football behind them, and simply the difference was Shea Crosby. Um, he hit eight from play, so he was the difference. Now, we were, were one nine each uh, at the, you know, heading, heading in towards the last kind of quarter of the game, and they outscored us then. You know, seven, seven, one in the in the latter stages, and we, we just ran out of steam, and they they had plenty left in them. But um, see, Crossgrey is the type of boy even the junior level. You nearly need to double mark him. You need to do something completely different with him because he is a class act, especially at that, at that particular level. But um, yeah, look, we we've 
half our starting team are 34 or over so you know some boys are three junior championship medals starting so we've been we've been around the block a lot and um we they probably had youth youth on their side and a bit bit more exuberance but we give it a fist of it there is a divisional golf there but we made a real fest of it and just fell up short but it was Shea Costry was the difference um Shea Crossgrey, Dorney, fella on your radar, Tom. Yeah, funny enough, we're going to the game on Friday night. Just uh, run around. I know, I know Adam. Somebody mentioned Adam Jarden. I know Adam used to play for Castle Allen, and I know Adam well. Adam, I remember watching Adam in the minor final three or four years ago against Armagh. He, he raked up big scores, and look to be fair, Shea is a name that's been banded about this last couple of years. And actually looking forward to Friday night just to see him in action. Against St Paul's because I think that w- I actually fancy St Paul. I know the Finn boys probably going. I actually have a funny feeling St Paul's will beat the Finn on Friday night. Just the two big Grimleys. I know from talking to just I was talking to actually Remy Clark a few weeks ago and last summer manager and he was really really impressed with St Paul's. Mm-hmm. But it's a game Friday night we're going to watch and look, looking forward to it. It's St Paul's first final ever. Am I right in saying that? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, education uh, for them. Yeah, St. Paul's drumming S. Um, Marty, do you know you got it wrong this one? Um, yeah, just well, I, just, I just want to point that out. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that, John. <laughs> uh, St. Paul's then, do you know, they've done great work. Everyone's saying about the great work and all, but they must have a good team now. Hugely impressed with them. So was, uh, I thought if drumming S, if Donald Kennedy played, uh, they, they would have that far apart. Donald had two goal opportunities in the first five minutes uh, and he, he didn't get a score out of them. He wasn't at full fitness. I know that they wrapped him in cotton wool for the last week to try and get him there. It actually brought three experienced boys back into the team who hadn't played in about a month. Bit of a gamble by Drummond S, which didn't quite pay off for them. Um, the lack of football, those, those boys maybe just uh, d- didn't work. But I was hugely impressed with St. Paul's, big Nal Grimley in, in the full forward line, great target man, very tough, going to be very, very tough for the Finn to, to mark them. Their Finn's very small, mobile uh, defence, but with big Nal Grimley in there as a target man, uh, Sean Tucker, and, and moved him in at a centre half forward in the full forward line and brought Daniel Eastwood out as the link man between uh, defence and attack. Um, Daniel's handling and, and, and his strength. The ball just stuck to him like glue. It wouldn't matter. There was a bit of a shower of rain. The ball was sticky. It wouldn't matter what way went that Daniel. He just it just stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a great link man. He didn't he didn't get on the score sheet, but um yeah, I got that one wrong. But I uh, was hugely impressed with St Paul's now. Hello, you said there that that is St Paul's first ever final played against Douglas Finn, who's we're in it last year. You know, does that have a, a burn on, on how you you think this game will go? Uh, I, I do, I do. I mean, it, it's it's an experience that should stand by you. You know, um, you should be able to, uh, to to learn from that. Like that, a little small thing that was our like not that we haven't played in Uri before. It was our first time in Uri this year, yeah. and just with COVID, it was we were a wee bit like. Where, where do we change and are we loud on the pitch and it was all the wee things just, just have a little small like a tiny small percentage play in some things yes. I, I think I think to, to Mark's point I think the divisional gap is is probably is, is bigger in that should this, this should be 
you know, they've played at a higher level, albeit with a, a, an abbreviated number of games this year. But that that should stand by them. You know, I think we we called them at the start, Dorney, um, earlier in one of your programs in terms of who would win, and I think we we called it Finn because mm-hmm. I think the the only Division Three team playing in the junior this yeah. year, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think what's that, Dorney? You know, the Finn have looked to be, you said, I think, the final last year. They have a lot of good young players. Owen Flanning is a boy. Marty maybe knows about it. I know Owen. They have, like, the Finn definitely young and mobile, and they are. I actually seen them about, just I think I was telling you, Fig, the night before you split Jass a while in the league yeah. game, I went and watched them in Uri, and Nick Shamrocks gave them a, mm-hmm. a complete lesson on just on the big, wide-open field. And at the start of the year, I did think the Finn will maybe be too strong, but just... From here and stuff, and I've just simply I've watched a wee bit out for St Paul's simply because I, I remember I was involved last year. We're doing on their 16s, and there's a wee boy from St Paul's on it. He's actually a hurler, and his father was telling me how the good work they're doing, and that they're really next. That it was really they're really pushing on, and just watching the results and stuff. And it was actually it was Remy Clark from last summer. Remy said something like, "They're serious. The strength, physicality, and I just have a funny thing with who Grimley's." That they'll get over the line, albeit the Finn look, they were a bit there last year and have that experience. And as I say, Rui Crossgrey, Adam Garland, Owen Flanagan will take a lot of watch. But I just have a funny feeling St. Paul's will just nick it. Paulo, could you call this one? Finn for me, uh, uh, just just on the on the divisional gap, I just think it'll be too much. Marty, um, you know, you, you've, you've been to the matches now, and um, I suppose with, with St. Paul's. You know, they seem to have a good style of play as well. They know what they're doing, but the Finn, they have a great attack. So, how do you call this one? Um, I think I said last week on your show, I, I fancy uh, my tip was the Finn. I, I'm going to go change my mind on that. After seeing the calls, I thought they were a serious unit. Um, the young lad, Josh Gray, I think he's in the County Miners this year. He wasn't available last week against Drummond S. They actually had uh, three or four boys unavailable. That uh, I think Tom Grimley was missing for suspension. Josh and, Glenn, Josh and Glenn Gray were missing. Uh, if they have Josh Gray back there to, to Mark uh, Shay Crossgray, and they've another young lad Shay uh, Lockern in there. He's not a good defender, half back. Get get them young fellas. They're, they're only eighteen. Interesting mm-hmm. point about St Paul's. They all consider the St. Paul's and Breda and carried off of this world as uh, a lot of blow-ins uh, and the blow-in and the blow-out again. And they go, the interesting fact about uh, St. Paul's, I was chatting to the, the, the PRO, that out of the 28-man squad, only four of them are, are not from the area and have come up through the youth ranks right from under Fantastic, five. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that they're doing a fantastic job down there in St. Paul's, bringing the youth through and good minor teams. So they brought all them young lads through, and the average age of that St. Paul's team is 22. Um, D- Daniel Eastwood at 26 is classed as one of the elder statesmen. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about uh, the, the the young Kaidoff team. Uh, I think their average age was 23, but. Uh, St. Paul's went one better. They're 22, the average age of them young lads. So, um, they did lose Patrick Eastwood to a red card late on in that game against Drummond which, well, the return of Tom Grimley will compensate for uh, the, the, the loss of Patrick Eastwood. But 
I'll uh, I'll change my mind and I'll go for the physicality, strength, and the, the peer, sheer size. I can't can't believe the size of some of them. <laughs> Brought on a big lad, Cahill. Uh, what was his name? Guy, Cahill McKenna, uh, and another fella, Dara uh, McGratton. Big lumps of lads, like huge. Uh, they they'll be forced to reckon with. Uh, they played another lad, Darini. Um, he lined out at thirteen, and landed in a sweeper. They do that against the defend the cut out the supply into uh, Adam Garland uh, and, and a piece there to stop the running of, of Shea Crossgrey. But St. Paul's, uh, um, I'm going to go for St. Paul's <laughs> on that. <laughs> Good stuff, Marty. At least it's, uh, it takes a brave man to, to admit when he's wrong. So it's well done, boy. Well, <laughs> well done. But say, um, I suppose, like, you know, I called it at the start of the season that these two teams would be contesting the final, and it's panned out that way. Um, how do you think it'll go? And you know, junior football, the standard. Do you think it's improving year on year? Yeah, just on your last question, there, I mentioned in a previous show, junior football down has improved, and it's improved remarkably over the past two years. You used to go to Hollywood on a Friday night in a Division 4 game or whatever, and you just knew you were going there to beat St. Paul's. That's all changed now. That whole mindset has changed. You used to think you were getting easy two points in Hollywood. That's, those days are gone. The, the improvement they've made in the past two years is remarkable. You know, Peter Heffern there and Paddy Hannigan, it's unreal. And finally, you know, they would have had boys from nearly every county in Ulster playing for them and wouldn't know what team they'd have one week to the next. See now... Marty made the point, seeing the amount of local boys that have from Bangor, Newton, Arts and Hollywood, all boys that have come through the underage ranks. Um, big win for them over Drummond S, and they've done it without the two Greys, they've done it without Tom Grimley and Liam Hogan. They're all to come back in. Um, you know, Drummond S would be very disappointed. Finn got in the final last year. Now, I thought the Finn got a wee bit carried away last year. They beat us in the semi-final. It was their first final, and they were releasing songs and all that. But look, they've a week... So all that hype and all that can be contained. They've only got a week this time around. And you got to learn, you know, was a PJ McGee once said, you, you, you know, you win a final, you know, you learn to win a final after you've, you've lost one. So I think you're going to have to go there with a the fin in terms of learning from last year. St. Paul's are a great side at junior level. They'll put it up to them. It's their first final. Not sure in terms of experience that, but again, there's only a week there. So there's, you know, you don't have to think too much and overthink it. But if they don't, Cope with Shea Crossgrey and Adam Garland is, is the Finns to lose. Um, if they can do something with Crossgrey, I may be a bit concerned where the scores are going to come if he's limited. But I'm going to give a tentative nod to the Finn. They have been playing Division 3 and don't underestimate the job that Dolly Crossgrey's done. Last year, got them promoted out of four, final of the championship. And this year, done well in three with them. They, you know, they got a win and a draw and they're back in our championship final. He's done a great job as manager. But again, I'll just... just them to edge it for the slightest margins to defend. Good stuff, boys. Good stuff. Hey, you here to decide, vote. Who are you going for? I, well, I, my team, some, my team, some Pauls have been bigging them up now for two years, so I think they'll come good now. <laughs> so we've got a, we've got a five-year plan in place. So, um, hopefully, hopefully they do it. All right, boys. Okay, we'll move on to intermediate now. Just to let you know, my computer's running out of um. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, speak away. You know this is um, hollow. I suppose Saul against um, Drumgaff. 
I don't think too many would have called it at the start. You know, there was a, um, a lot of teams that, are, that were talked about before them, but um, two teams that have, that have deserved to be there. Yeah, well, I, I call the Shamrocks, if you remember. I thought they were my, given the experience from last year and just what, what I knew that Marty Rafferty was doing and Gavin Murphy was doing with them. I just thought, uh, I saw them against Savile up in Ballyhole and I thought that enough about them. They looked they look decent. So I was a bit, not that I was surprised at your result, but because um, I knew you would be in the game and give them a game. But uh, that was a big scalp for you, for you to take them out um, and then to follow that up the next day out as well. So... Um, I saw from Gareth and Ballyholland against Bambridge. Um, Bambridge were poor on the day, and from Gareth won that game comfortably. But they they looked um, they looked strong all over. Um, Parsons at fullback was steady. There was nothing coming through there, uh, and they had some they had some really decent uh, movement up front. You know they really caused uh, problems for for Clannabana that day. So um, look you. In, in in my head, you're you're the favourites. Just just given who you've beaten, um, you know, I, I I think given who you've beaten, if that if that pern was the was the final pern, I wouldn't have been surprised at that. So, so I think you you, you boys a little bit of pressure comes now with um with you you, you being favourites and maybe you haven't been favourites in the last couple of days out. So, um, but no knowing knowing what I know about Saul and and the efforts that they've put in over the last number of years, um. I had uh, uh, Lorcan Horney and Pierce Lavery down minors, um, um, so I, I, I know there's some some great lads in there. Um, so um, it's a sol it's a sol nod for me, um, providing that you can step up and 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 make the right decisions <laughs> on the sideline. You know. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't have to do a halftime interview. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> but so you got your two great games at the weekend. Um, have you got your team there and Dorney, your, your nominees as well? And then we'll let yep. the two boys decide if who's on it. Goalkeeper boys, Fitzy, go I, ahead. I hear, wait a minute, you text me saying boys provide the team and I have the final say in them all. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dorney. I went with Jack Hazard, just simply, I think Jack is has improved. Every time I see him, he's getting better. He look, he's a big frame of a fellow. But I thing I was really impressed with on Saturday was his compo- talking to the fence, keeping a very right composure. And I, I think Jack it, is, uh, deserves Team of the Week this week. Just He hasn't put a foot wrong all year. No, super, super. Fitzy, any, any changes? No, Jack Hazard has been the best keeper in the intermediate this year. Um, he's been superb. He's been number one. Good stuff. Um... Boys, I don't know if you've seen too many of the intermediate, but um, Jack Hazard, you know, this year's stepped up the plate a lot, and and you know, everyone's talking about you know a potential downstar now. I, I'll bow to Marty because I I'd be an imposter to say you know I have an opinion because I haven't seen too many of the games, so I'll bow to Marty. Uh yeah, well I've seen Jack. Came up against him uh, in, a, in a minor final. I was managing tomorrow uh, a couple of years ago when Jack was playing huge. But I think uh, he maybe had trials with Celtic and trials with a couple of soccer teams. There, he's a huge, huge big lad and a good, good keeper. Um, do you think if we we named a full intermediate team of Saul players, would have put Figgy uh, under any pressure? What is? Precious, precious for tires, boys. Right, Tony, full backs. 
Fullbacks, they went with Pierce McHone from Dundas. Thought very good there. Sorry, stepped up, checked the points. Thought he was very good at fullback. I went with Pierce Lavery. To be fair, I'm going to blow you and Ronan's heads up here. I thought you pulled the master slug at half time, putting them back to Conor McCrigger. Because look, to be fair, Conor was, look, he was well mopped. But just once you put uh, Pierce back to Conor, it just nullified that threat. That's just a jet. You could actually see Conor McCrigger starting to get frustrated because he now was realizing, well, look, Pierce can beat me in a race here. I'm, I'm just in the air. And I thought Pierce Lavery was, it just, he made it look so easy. I thought he was very good. The left corner back, I went with your full back. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Colin yeah, Fitz. Yes. Look, to be fair, I seen him playing for down on the 20s last year. Yeah. Actually, in Donegal, I love the way he just attacks every ball. If he wins a ball, he always supports. He gives a pass. He supports every pass. And like I actually mentioned, I watched you again, Chas, well in the league game this year, and I thought he was very, very good on a Saturday game. I thought he was very good. Yep. Good stuff. That's it. Yeah, that, that was a massive stroke uh, on the change of role for Pierce Laverty. Um, shows his adaptability, but it was a, it was a great move um, relocating him. And it, it probably put the you know the, the frighteners up McCricket as well. Like he's, he's probably going, what, what the hell's happened here? You know, and I'm going to have to change tactics, you know. Um, the Colin Yep been steady for Drumgap the whole way through the championship. Now, Callum Fitzsimons there, again, so many players have improved from the start of the championship tonight, and he's been one of them. I think a player we play him with a bit more edge, a bit more confidence, and he's going to be a big player for Saul now, full back going into the final. Good stuff. All right, boys. Any Marty? Any other notable mentions? No, no, I don't agree with the boys there. Uh, to be honest with you, watching them from Gath on a clone match, it was t- tough conditions. Wasn't the same quality as the the, the saw Leitrim game. Due to the conditions, uh, and I think one of the Gath boys says sometimes you have to win ugly, uh, and uh, it, it, it wasn't great quality. So uh, that's that's why I'm saying a lot of these players are coming out of the league from Saul game because of the quality, and it was, it was just a bit of a struggle for the boys on the day. Half back, Stoney. I went with Dar Fagan of Clone, right half back. I thought did very well, carried the fight, and kicked two points and really carried the fight to Clone. Or to the Gaff side, I know Dar was captain of the day Miners a couple of years, was really impressed with him on Saturday. At centre half back, I went with Colin again from the Gaff. Thought Colin again just drove at Anatone every opportunity. I know Colin put County on the 21s a few years ago, middle of the field. I know he's in New York. I think he's a massive player for the Gaff. And I've, looked, I've moved Rory McCrigger simply to the left half back. I thought in the second half when Leitrim. Came back at you and got a back to the point. I thought Rory was the man driving at them. And looking, it's probably in hindsight now, Leaker's maybe thinking they probably should have put Rory back to full back just for the trouble he's caused them to fall for. But I think Rory just the second half for 25 minutes, he just drove at you for every opportunity. So that's the half back line. I went with Dara, Colin McGinn, and Rory. That's it. Yeah, I think this whole beginning, the cricket probably more traditional centre half backs, but. Drumgap needed that performance from Colin again at six because Anacone had a lot of physicality around the middle and he could mix it and really put it up to them. Rui McCricket again has had a great championship. He's Leitham's leader. And Dara Fagan's probably going to take on that sort of role now going forward with Anacone. He's, he's going to be that man that's going to hold the back line together and again play, played well in that game against Drumgap and probably some of Anacone are going to look to now down the line to kind of 
lead that defence when some of these older boys custodians retire. Poor McGinn probably thought he was going to mark, mark John Hockey for the afternoon. I think Hockey <laughs> laying down the lab. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. Anna Clum trying a bit of cuckoo there. I, John Hockey no more lab rolling back the years, you know. Uh, next thing you know, I was expecting Hollow to do the same for Bally Holmes. He's having but the crib. <laughs> it, was, it, was too, it was too obvious, though. So once I seen John Hockey no more lab, it was just too obvious this was a, you know, a plot, like, you know. <laughs> uh, midfield then, Dorney. I went with Rory Mullen. Just super goal he got at the start. It was it was unreal. I thought for twenty minutes he was just it looked like he was only playing the field. He was everywhere. He was plucking balls out of the sky. And to be fair, Rory's a boy I know at the time was involved with down on the twenty ones a few years ago. Rory was involved with him. And to be fair, he's he's like I've never seen he looks so lean and trim. He looks like a boy who's just worked serious hard his last couple of years and he's like for twenty minutes already and then in the second half to be fair, he's put him on Pierce Silver. I think you should do a man Martin German. Like it, that's not an easy job because Pierce Oak is yeah. one of the leaders. Man, I, I just thought Rory Mullen was superb. Along with him, I went with Packy Downey. I thought like he wasn't due to start down to start the program, and then he started. I thought it was a, a bold move by Jackie, but I thought it was actually brilliant because I had seen Anna Clone the week before that against Amara. And for the first half, Gary McGarrell, Benny McGarrell, mm-hmm. and Jerry Anderson just cleaned everything out in the air. But I thought Packy was superb on Saturday. About, and him and Benny McGarry good to see them getting to know each other again as if they don't know each other enough at work. Work at Monday would have been happy. Uh, <laughs> but I think Pikey and Rory Mullen had a they were my middle of the field from what I've seen. Marty, any nominees for the for the midfield? Uh Pierre Sog. Uh, Pierre Sog was uh, was excellent. I, I I think he returned something like I don't know a lot of them three seven points for that game and uh, helped Hall uh, them back to within one score. I'm sure it was squeaky bum time there at, at one stage, so it was getting near the end. Um, Pierce Oak probably could have got a shout in around the middle. Uh, Packy, uh, uh, as Dorney says, and uh, Benny. Benny was in, I think he laid out with number seven on him, but as we said earlier, numbers mean nothing. Uh, him and Gary in around the middle too, but the only other one I would have probably given a shout in there was Pierce Oak. Mm-hmm. Although I've seen uh, Pierce Oak hits, hits free kicks with his right foot and left foot you know unbelievable unbelievable there's not too many fellas uh, over time would have done that I know Gregory had frees off his left and his right it's just a joy to watch to see somebody as balanced to that I had, I had Ogie first year minors and it, it just I've been surprised that he hasn't come through you know uh, and uh, he was a standout county minor at that time like a standout county minor and I don't know Dorney where, where he is in the grand scheme of things. Um, I know he's a dual player and we've, and we've played a lot of hurling as well. I just don't know. I was surprised that he hasn't come through in the way that I thought he would come through, given the talent that he has. No, super, super player. That's it. You're two then. Two. Three very notable nominees there. Was a, Paggy Downey was important for Drumgaff. Uh, Jackie Lynch put them in there because they did need Paggy's physicality around the middle and he, he knows the charlotte's and that, so... He knew how to push the buttons there and, and mix it up. I'm going to go for Pierce Oak. Pierce Oak, Leitham were missing a couple of players and the game with that leadership was needed and Pierce Oak brought it as free taking. And I know him and Rory Mullen had a great battle, especially that second period, but I would go with Packy Downey and Pierce Oak and Cricket. Good stuff. Okay. Well, it's just on, on Packy, you know, whenever you, it's hard to go you know, transfer to a club and then come back back home again but 
Packing just seems to have a, a new lease of life for, for John Gath this year, and you know, a lot of their good work is coming through him. But yeah, I think I think Paddy's enjoying maybe yeah. the leadership role now because they're yeah, like they have we Connor McConville, they have a lot of young boys up front, and I would say Jack, he maybe has just pulled him in and said, Look, Packy, a lot of these because people forget, I think Ross managing down Packy, put again Monaghan one year in a championship game in Uri. Yeah. Full forward and scored a goal. Like, I'm getting Jack. He's maybe just pulling the side and says, Look, Packy, we want you to be a leader here. There's a lot of these wee boys look up to you. And he, to be fair, I thought on Saturday, it was just sometimes people you see Packy about sometimes and you think there's a wee screw loose. <laughs> and they just, but I thought on Saturday, it was, it was just his leadership, his composure, everything he done. He just he put a real shift into the team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I even though a couple of years ago, same for Brian Ford, he's a full forward, the ball comes in. I went and got it. It isn't into my hands. I'm not running for it. But I thought on Saturday, just look, he, he, he showed a real leadership role. Yeah. No, Fitzy, he's, he's definitely got a new, a new lease of life. And as Tony said, maybe that new leadership role has just helped him. Yeah. Look, he, I don't think his heart was in Brandsford, to be honest. And he's back now at his home club where he's had a great bit of success with before. But he's one of the, the elder statesmen now with him and Mark Conley. And. He is, he is that leader now, and young fellas will look. Packy, Packy's good with you know all those young boys, and they look up to him, and they look to him for leadership, and he's he, he knows how to win an intermediate uh, championship. He's played on winning team before, so he, he could have a big impact in this final. But it's it's great to see him back at his home club and, and join us football. Yeah, no, Marty, your half forward line. Then have you any nominees for your for half forwards and the intermediate then? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Well, Kieran Harney couldn't go past him in the, in the half forward line. I thought he was uh, the conductor of the orchestra in there. Uh, Evan went through him, and, and he he's he's a live wire all over the place. Um, the two Shays for from Gath, there's Shay McConville and Shay Byrne out in the wings, lethal speed and cause a lot of damage running the teams. Um, who else have we in there? That Philly Dorn done well. Um, the on a clone team, I don't think we've any challengers for there. Uh, and, and Leitrim, you had headway up there for Leitrim. Oh, PJ Davison, I done very well, strong, experienced player, done mm-hmm. very well. But uh, for me, it would be yeah, uh, uh, Harney and the two guys, Dornay, your two nominees, then or three nominees. Uh, sorry, I went with Ryan Hill from the gas at 10. I know he plays 11, I just have thought. His playmaking and just busy and look, he was a real link man for Drumgaff. I actually seen Drumgaff mentioned last week again Billy Martin and I was so impressed with him. And look, a Kieran Hardy at eleven, I think if you're an intermediate player of the year in the games I have seen, Kieran Hardy has just been immense. He's everywhere. He's just like he's just a wee but he reminds me of a years ago when we were minors, ninety nine Ronan Saxon, just a bundle of energy. Mm-hmm. He just is like a bundle of energy, he's everywhere. And a left half forward went with Shay Bourne again. Serious pace. So like when he gets like Shay's running, he's only I think Shay's only twenty, nineteen or twenty, but he just looks that but oozes class in the ball. And I went with entry. Hello, I suppose you know, Kieran and and Ran Helen, you know, number elevens have sort of gone out of the game a wee bit, you know, that traditional um player that's that's the link man. It was great to see it's it's coming back again. Yeah, I, I was pulling my hair out on Sunday at the number of opportunities there was for a ball dinked into the full forward line. And, I, and I've seen it in a number of games. It's there, it's available. People, Players aren't looking for that dinked kick pass into the full forward. 
when, when you have a packed defence and, and, and people are keeping the ball and you're moving that defence about, I guarantee you, you, you watch the number of times there's a space in the D to thread a ball through. But fellas are so bloody afraid now to play the pass. They'd rather keep it and keep it and keep it and keep it rather than, than, than backing themselves and playing that ball through. So I, I think coaching, you know, encouraging fellas to make that kick pass uh, uh, is a key thing um, and that's easy to say you know someone kicks it away and gives it straight to the sweeper and it looks silly but there are times when, when it opens up and fellas just aren't looking for that kick pass and, and I think hopefully it's on its way back John because clearly football's evolving again and it's just not as super defensive as it was and I think these these gaps will appear again and um, kick passes will come back you know um, it's certainly we've gone through an era of hand passing and hopefully kick passing is coming back Brilliant. Let's see then, your three half forwards. You, you can't leave out Kieran Harney or Ryan Hill. Ryan Hill in a superb game uh, against Enrique, and again there in the semi final. And Kieran Harney is just he's one of those players every team would want because from the word go to the end of the game, he's involved. Can't leave them out. I would maybe opt against Shane McConnell because he did get sent off the end. Maybe go for Shea Bourne instead. Um, the other, you know, I know the two Shays, but Shea Bourne gets another, but a uh, Mention too to Philip Dorn. I think Philip Dorn is kind of one of those unheralded players for Saul. He's re- really come into the team and he performs his role well. But I would go Harney, Helen, and Shayborn. Good stuff. All right. Marty, then your three full forwards. Yes. Uh, well, you can't go past Rear Hair in there, full forward. Uh, great target man. A uh, bit of the elk of uh, Ronan Beatty. Um, Inside, he is he's such a target man for, for Saul, a handful for anyone. Uh, James Mahoney, I thought, done very well for Saul as well in that game. Um, and I said, I'm not putting you under pressure by going all Saul, man. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, uh, but uh, after that, uh, I uh, Lorcan Harney did do a lot of damage, come out about and foraged uh, and picked up ball. Um, to me, the sole full forward line was lethal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dornay, your three full forwards. I was going, I'm going to give you and Ronan more credit here. Like, <laughs> to be fair, like, you, like, like Cahill Arnold, I, that's your, like, he didn't play last week because I thought it was a master slope again, putting him and Ray and O'Hare in. And I know he was in and out, but it was just like, is that like, this, I think it was 3-3 three, three came out them in the, or two, 3 3 came out of my time, would you just put the ball inside to them? Mm-hmm. And, like, to be fair, any art, I know I was actually sitting beside a man, I was just, Shahal Arn starting with you starting, and I don't know if I, I thought like it was a bold move, but it was a move that it was a bold and brave move, and it paid off superbly for you. So, like, Shahal Arn and Brian O'Hara, and I, looked, I had to put Conor McGregor in simply because the first half I felt he was the only man to them had looked like scoring, and every ball, every time they got the ball, they looked for him. He mm-hmm. won some, but there were four or five surrounded by him. I think he's a wonderful player. I thought the first half he was he was leading his real threat. And to be fair to yourself, and Ronan at half time, you've seen it and went, right, we're going to completely nullify him. So Pierce, because Pierce was actually playing well out the field, but you just say, look, we're going to sacrifice Pierce because if we stop him, we'll stop it. Come back to O'Hurley. I, I seen him last year for this year again. We're down under 20s again, Donegal. It was a real wet day, but this, for such a big man, his skill level. Is superb, and I've seen him go back to that league game with Castle Wallet. He was marking Barry Travers, and Barry is no slouch. And Barry, like Barry Travers with Mark, the bit they don't know hers, the Barry O'Hagan's mm-hmm. and down. And like he gave Barry Travers a torrid time, 
like Cahal Arnold, a fella years involved in the 21s. He was actually there as a goalkeeper. And but I, I'd like to be fair, I give you, I thought it was a bold and brave move, and it was a brilliant move because you won the game, and I think it three three came out of it. So look, you can't argue with that. No, it's a big. You're giving a lot of credit here for for like. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm one of the go. I'm one of the gopher. Ronan McCartan's the boss. I'm one of the gopher. I'm one of you. You're the comb collector, yeah. No, but look, the I suppose. Hollow like Conor McGregor, what a footballer. Tony says, like we were going in that game, thinking that man is is down quality written all over him. Like just what a player. But 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 and you know you, you look yeah, and this is this is Dorney's challenge, right? Because people would be a bit, <laughs> no, but the people would be a bit dismissive of um, players playing in lower leagues, right? You know, and you you, you look through the, the quality that there is in in various leagues, and you got to make that decision around has that fella got enough quality. To, to bring him to a county panel or to see him flourish in, 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 a, in a scenario where maybe with better players around him, he, he, he moves again even further um, up the ranks. You, you just got to look at, would, would that person slot into a Kilku team? Would that person slot into a Burn team? You know, and I, I think there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a stack of fellas like Conor McCricket that, that could easily just happen to be from a, from a parish. You know, if there's a transfer window that you get you get plenty of bargain buys in in some of the lower divisions that you would easily slot into division one teams comfortably and that's the challenge for a county management team right because yeah. you can get you can you can look at a a, a one point Kilku game and think well this uh, most of your county panels should come from your top four or five clubs in division one but I think history has shown that's not always the case right no Tony definitely like that intermediate level as well there's some serious footballers in it like and as Shane says it's up to you now to I suppose see if they can fit in the, the down setup. I think I said last week the intermediate championship this year has been superb the standard and I think it's actually see the souls the elite and I'm going to like I've actually sold the elite rooms the drum gas the shamrocks especially Sol and shamrocks elite them I do believe them three teams could beat teams in division one and people say well how could you come up with that it's just I don't think there's a big, a massive... Look, if you take the Cuckoos, the Borden, maybe the Point, the Clanduff, them four, I do think Saul, and I mentioned Shamrocks, and as I thought Sham, anytime I've seen Shamrocks, and to be fair, it was actually one of the games of the year, was mm-hmm. that game again, using them in Newcastle, because the game just five minutes, Shamrocks, first ten minutes, Saul was winning this easy, next thing, so it was ten minutes in the second half, there's only one winner, Shamrocks. I actually think the intermediate championship has been so good, this year, and I go back, like, there's this, like, the Souls and Shamrocks will eat them from you. Them team could beat teams in Division 1, no doubt. And you're just, as a push, I said, like, Saul, I think, I remember him just talking to Eddie Harney after the game on Saturday, and it just brought me, I remember Eddie Harney telling me one night after down saying in 2010, the good work they were doing at underage, the serious on the 14 team coming through, that a good on the 16 team coming through, and they put massive emphasis on their coaching. And look, it's this team now, and to be fair, you're sitting on Saturday. Just when I was talking to Eddie, you went, you know, you're actually delighted for the likes yeah. of Eddie Harney's other world. I know there's more of them in the Saul Club, but I just Eddie's the only boy I would have knew in Saul. And just way back, this is 2010, 10 years ago, and Eddie Harney had a plan in place. And look, to be fair, it's actually great now to see, now you just have to go and finish the job. And plus, there has been a bit of tragedy, a tragedy in every club, but there has been a wee bit of tragedy in Saul this year. He's lost two very, very important members. And look, they're maybe putting your soul hat on. You'd hope you'd go and finish the job for that. But 
I was looking at Eddie Harney and Saturday, and he was talking to me. He's telling me, "You better not big us up. You better not big us up." But, but Eddie was actually talking to me. I just I went into thought back one night outside Newry in 2010. You told me the serious work you were doing in Saul, and Saul would have a really good outfit. But there, it's gone back to Shane. The quality in the intermediate has been superior. Like, and I'll be honest, Conor McCrigan as a player, I they watched him again in the Kingdom, and every time he got the ball, you were just so excited. Mm-hmm. He just, he, he just, it was a wee bit of class. I remember watching him two years ago for down on the 20s again, Derry and Clonus, and just thinking, he is something. You just yeah. know right away there's something special. Like, I know he had a lot of problems with injuries. And it was good. But then it was actually a great move to see Pierce come back because there seemed a county defender on him. And it was just like a Pierce, like Pierce, Larry, John, and was a serious athlete. But it was just like, I, I think the standard in intermediate has been so, so high. And it's been a great championship. Good stuff. Did Conor McCricker make the team fitzy this week? You just, you couldn't leave him out. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then in there as well, again, you couldn't leave Rio Her out. And I, I'm going to go to James Mahoney for, um, from Saul. There's there's a player there who maybe not the the goal scoring exploits and point scoring exploits of the other boys around him, but watch him especially in this final and what he done in the semi final. He gets through a hell of a lot of work and he's a smart player, so I'll go him, Carm McCricket, and Real Her. Good stuff. Okay, I'll wait till after the final to to go through everything with this, but we'll get the, we'll get the predictions now. Um, not so many soul players made that team. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> How many? <laughs> there's not, there's three, there's four or five Jim Goth ones in there. But say your predictions yes. then and, and how you see the match. He's moving that segment on quickly there, isn't he? Like, <laughs> oh, there's the editing function in this too, you know. Um, yes, the final look, brilliant to see Sondram Gath in it. They've gone through the front door, they've won all their games to get there. They've lit up this championship, saw their goal scoring exploits and from Gath just with their attack and play. A question Saul's uh, championship tradition, which they, you know, and they'll admit themselves, they've never really had a championship tradition. They go back to 64 till their last win in a, in, you know, in a men's championship at senior level. So they, they, they put that to bed. It'll be a ding-dong battle here. You'd imagine two teams will not really change tack. They'll, they'll keep going attacking. It's going to be one of these shootouts again. Who scores the most? And maybe, just maybe, Saul, with that goal-scoring record they've got throughout this championship, to Neil Drumgath, and I do not think there'll be much in this. This could be a real high-scoring, open, exciting game with soldiers dead in it. Good stuff. All right, Dornay. I'm going to go with Mark, too. Look, I think Park asked for a big, wide open spaces. Again, I think it'll be a high-scoring game because both teams like to go on the front foot. But I just think Saul, if you're being really cold about it and you go through the players, I think Saul have that are just the better footballers, I do think. When you look at the Pierce Larrys and the Kieran Harneys, and I just think Saul will have a wee bit too much of them. Gaff, but them Gaff will have up front. But to be fair, last Saturday evening didn't sit in the wire because they are a fleet up front. They like to play fast football. The wire last Saturday didn't sit for that. If you're giving them Gaff any chance, traditionally they have won. They do do well in the championship finals. They've won a few. Look, I just think. The way Saul's playing this year, they've been the most impressive team I've seen, and I think Saul will finish the job on Saturday, on Sunday, sir. Marty, this is just all ammunition, big Jackie needs, and of course, like he's, you know, he's going to be 
rallying the troops and, and especially with that red card as well. You know, they've got a, a wee bit of a cause now to, to, to fight together and, and you know, to, to avenge it, I suppose. Um, you know, 2013, I think, was the last time Drumgath actually won. And as Shane says, maybe tradition can, can play a big part in this. Oh, yeah. Jackie knows his stuff. Uh, he's, been, he's been about the game a long time uh, and he knows what it takes to win championships. Shane McConville will be a loss to them, but they can use that as inspiration and bring the boys on. Um, but I'll have to agree with the two boys before me uh, and tip Saul, Saul to win this. Um, it'll not be easy. It'll, it'll uh, be a lot tighter than, than a, a few feel expect, but I'm guessing it'll be hard to break down. It'll, it'll not be a gold fest by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if, if Saul gets three on goal and uh, get the ball into the area her, he'll be dangerous. But I just think Saul will edge it. With the quality, like Donny says, the quality across the pitch through the 15, they just maybe have that added quality. Um, big wide open pitch. We, we talked about Packy earlier and the strengths he has. He has the strengths, ball winning strengths. Does does he have the engine to, to get box to box at, at, at the Marshes? I, I don't. I can't see him keeping up with them young Saul players, to be honest with you. So uh, I'll go for Saul in this one. Full house, Feggy. Saul. <laughs> given, given who you have beaten in the last two games, to me, that just you must be on a crest of a wave. And it must be very hard to do this segment because you're, you're, you're worrying about adding fuel to, to the opposition. And I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll be listening in. But um, who you've beaten to get to this point, just to me, marks you out as uh, the standout team. No, like as I said, whenever you know I was with Saul, and I always said I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from it. Like if you're, if you're being tipped by by something, there must be a reason, reason why. So you know, it's not something, something to fear. Um, other other pundits are are, are tipping drum golf. So you know, it's good. It's good. It's a good. Um, I think it's it's just the two informed teams and two teams that deserve to be there. Tell you the truth, um. Seen Jim Gaff against them raped and, and like the story says, the forwards are just they're lethal, like you know, as well. So, just looking forward to it and can't wait. The good thing is, it's only been a week. Do you know what I mean? This championship's just been bang, bang, bang. So, it's you know, no need to think about it really. Like, you know, you, just get you, on. You've touched on something Mark touched on it as well. Like, in a way, any niggles, any knocks, it, it's just a struggle for a player to be ready to go. It, the week after he's played because um, it takes a couple of days to get that recovery and really you know you're not you're not really doing any training right you're just recovering and, and thinking about the next day and getting ready again but like I, I just think an extra week for every team making a final gives them a chance to to get prepared physically to, to get their coaching teams sort of lined up in terms of giving them a wee bit more preparation time um, I think that's that's for for both for all for all teams that have made the final. But the beauty of this is that it is just a week. You know, it's it, it's it's to use uh, Patsy Russell's quote: "They're coming thick and fast." Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like and it's really enjoyable, and it has been a really enjoyable championship. Given we didn't think we were going to have any football, and then yeah, um, even even Park TV has been a revelation because mm -hmm. the quality of of um, of the production is top notch and. You know, and that's gotten better over the championship, and it's given lots of people lots of access to football that they just wouldn't have seen because you wouldn't have got around to see games. That so exactly, it's just it's um it's it's been it's probably been a, a really 
epic year for championship football in down, I think. Like, hopefully, well, just, hopefully the three finals that, that, that match <laughs> up to it, you know. Exactly, exactly. and it, it's great that they're, they're, they're all being streamed, but I suppose that the fans are disappointed now because me and Patsy aren't going to head-to-head for the final, so I'm stepping aside and letting Patsy have that final chance. <laughs> well, I got, a, I, got a, I got a text during the week, a WhatsApp message during the week, and somebody was playing Patsy Russell bingo. <laughs> so so if, if he says if he says the flame herd you have to drink if he says uh into the night sky you have to drink there's a there's a few classics in there a few passes and if it hits the onion bag you have to down the bottle onion bag onion bag <laughs> <laughs> boys i suppose it's um thanks very much for coming on i suppose it's the big one now that koku carried off um just ask for predictions on, on how you'll see the game go on um hollow we'll start with yourself and you know, uh, look, scenario where, yeah, you just, it has to, I mean, I think it was very disrespectful for the Arsenal News to run a headline saying the, the final and all but name. And I think that'll be plastered over every WhatsApp group and, and every kitchen cupboard and wall and, and, and those kind of place, houses. Um, I think the week, despite what I've just said in terms of preparation, I think the week will help in that it'll not become too big and they'll dwell on it for too long, maybe in their own minds. I hope Kyle Duff go out and, and have a go. I think they've got lots of legs. I think I think Kilku, for all that we've said, are susceptible to strong, fast running right at the heart of their defence. And I think if Kyle Duff don't get caught up in, we'll play a different way to try and match the way you might play and it becomes a bit of crab football, I don't think that'll suit Kyle Duff at all. So I'm hoping they're going to go out and literally, you know, die with their boots on and just have a go. Um, in saying all of that, it would be some fairy tale story to, to beat this Kilku team, given the, the the experience they have, the pedigree they have, and all the things that we picked them up earlier on. It's just a, such a novel pern. Um, Kaidoff are a huge club. Kaidoff are an absolutely huge mm-hmm. club, and and this could be this could set Kaidoff up for the next ten years. You know, um, Kaidoff might have ninety or hundred under hands kicking about there. You know, and, and they're all looking at these boys making a county final and, and becoming county players and stuff. So huge day out for the Kaidoff club. But I hope it's not just a day out. And yeah. we were saying the same. You get there, like Marty said earlier, nobody gives a shit who... You have to win a semi-final. It doesn't matter how you play. You just have to win the semi-final. You, you, it, would be, it would be terrible for it to be a damn squib. And I'm a, I'm a bit worried that it will be a damn squib because I think Kilku will just choke the life out of them. Um, and then we'll pull away. And, and, and I hope I'm wrong in saying that. And I, and I hope Kaido have a go at them. Good stuff, Marty. Um... Yeah, great. Oh, I'm looking forward to a competitive game, and I hope it is competitive. I hope uh, Carried Off can stay in touch. Um, DJ Morgan's a good friend of mine, uh, and I wish him well in the final, and Paddy and Cahill with him. Uh, stay in touch, keep keep the game within uh, hands reach, going into the last quarter, um, making a spectacle for the, the, the crowd on, on Park TV and, and at the match. But I just think Kaku are... are are experienced, know how to know what we mentioned earlier. Whether they got another show about uh, the the football and IQ, they, they don't make unimposed errors. They don't make mistakes that other team makes. They don't try that silly pass inside to get intercepted. They keep their methodical in their preparation. They just the way they go about it. I think they will have too much for Kaidoff, but I wish Kaidoff all the best. My hope is a competitive game. Tony, I suppose 
matchups are going to be massive again, and and you know who's going to go on Owen McCabe, who's going to go on for Kilcoo, like who's going to go on Daniel Guinness, who's going to go on James Guinness, who's going to go on Ronan Beatty, and then you've got Kilcoo. You know, does John McGill man mark? Does Michael Murph, um, Michael uh, what do you call him? McGrath. Yeah, McGrath. Does he man mark then? One of the quicker players. So it's it's going to be an intriguing battle that one. Yeah, look, when you're looking at Kilcoo, if you're sitting at Kilcoo dressing, you know. Right away, you know, well, we have three Brannigans and they're going to go and take three of their best players out. So, uh, well, then we'll start the rest of that. As Kerry Duff, you would just, as we said, Kerry Duff's improved. Every game they've got better and better as a given. When you think of this, Kerry Duff, the Daniel Guinnesses, the Owen McCabe's, the James Guinnesses, the John McGill's, these boys are get the finals and win them. That's, like, they don't... If you're giving them hope, they they haven't they don't get beaten too many finals. They've won yeah. three minor or three under twenty ones. They've won a couple mm-hmm. of Ulster. They're not like there's one thing. Kerry Duff won't go in and think we're out here to make the numbers because I know no from Tatlick they just these boys have won championships the whole way up. But if look like, if you're being really really cold about it, as you say, like I just think Kaku will win the game. Yeah. Anyway, if you open up, they'll destroy you. If they sit by. They'll pick you out, and if, and if you come on them, they'll choke you down, they'll worry you down. I just think they'll cure that experience now. No matter what way they want to play it, they'll find a way of winning. I do, if I'm giving Kerry Duff some hope, I agree with Shane, the week will sit Kerry Duff. Only a week, yes, I know there's a few injuries, but they don't have any time to sit back and think about it. Like, they came out of the game last Sunday, they're in the training Tuesday or Thursday night with it, and getting themselves ready. They've only three or four days, they haven't the big time to do go and do press because you usually when you get a championship then you have the two weeks yeah and press and you have open nights your children want to come and the training and stuff you can't do that this year it's just simply get the job carried off will use every wee bit of motivation like nobody probably even carried off people are giving them no chance yeah. and but the only thing a chance i would give them is maybe look these boys do get the fight they've no baggage of crew like, maybe the likes of the daniel guinness's own McCabe and james they're used to beating Kaku. At minor level, under 16 level, that's under 21 level, but now it is a massive step up that they're playing. And at the, the second best team in Ireland, and you're going to face that as hollow says, I hope Kerry don't have a rattle that. I really do hope they're rattle because they are a serious running team. Pace, you can run, but I just I just think Kilcoo are just that far down the road again. They'll, I think Kilcoo will beat them. Just in any way you want. If Kerry Duff open up, they'll hit you in the break. If Kerry Duff sit back and try to clearly just wait their opportunities, the PDs and these boys will just not balls up. There's just there's so many strings that are bows. Yeah. But I suppose with uh, Kilku then, do you know, what hope can you give to Kerry Duff about the tactics? Do you think a change in tactics will help them, or, or do you know, how do you, how would you go about this? Carried up on to DJ Morgan has, has proven himself this year in terms of being tactically astute. Got that demolition job against Clondoff. The quarterly changed tact and they learned from it, which was always going to be the case. But if you sit back, you're in depths here. If this is COVID year, there's been so many mad things happening this year and in, in life, and it's been we're lucky we have football. They've got themselves the final. Probably they maybe didn't even expect it themselves, but they got to go for it because if they sit back, they're going to be killed. They have to go for it. That has its risks too, but they, they need to be positive here. I was just thinking today, just nine years ago, 2011, Dundrum beat Carried Off in the first round in the Intermediate Championship. 
And nine years on, we're sitting in Division 4 and carried off in the Senior Championship Final. And it just shows you what can be achieved in, the, in, in that time. But I'm thinking here, Kakou will win this. I, I think they will win it. Um, and they mightn't necessarily need to be at the top of their game. I generally think they can control what they do in this, control how they operate. Carried off will make a fist of it for stages, but over over the 60 minutes, Kakou will have enough. And they'll, they'll catch carried off. When carried off are really pushing forward, they'll catch them. And Mickey Moore will have them set up to really punish carried off and carried off leave themselves open. So I'm going to go for Kakou. There will be little stages where carried off will have their say, but. There's just there's too much know-how with Good stuff, man. If I can book us in for next week, then I'm I'm gonna go through our our all stars. Um, I'll add in a couple of more, um, all star guests as well, just to see how how they thought the, the championship went. But um, that'd be great if I can get us on next week. Then I'm gonna give out the the prizes and also the the player of the junior championship, player of the intermediate championship, and player of the senior championship and. Um, delighted to say that uh, player fit or have designed a jersey for me as well. So um, I'll be giving the, the the players the 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 jerseys as well. So brilliant, Very good. great stuff. Thanks just before, you go, just before you go, John, yes, it will be in in a, in a in a weekend of finals. It will be remiss of me. I wouldn't be allowed back into the club if I didn't mention tomorrow under 13s and under 11 and a half competing in the East Down final. The under 11 and a half are competing in the A-League against the likes of Got Coos and Carrie Duff and Breda and Bryansford and they're playing right. the final against uh, Patrick uh, this Sunday and the under 13s are playing against Leitrim in the final uh, on Saturday both at half 12 in Drummond AS each day. So, if I didn't mention that, I would You just reminded me, Marty, because the Strabber ladies won the intermediate under uh, Marty Keenan, so well done, ladies. Boys, I suppose next week we can start, uh, we can talk about um, the, the, the playoff games as well. Um, you know, that's not to be forgotten as well. Playing against um, Dara Cross. Cross, yeah. Intermediate. That's a who's in it. It, it's it's done and dusted. Um, Bosco beat the Connacht, so the Connacht will be playing junior football next year. So that's Bosco's first win in the championship. The Connacht lost all four games, so Bosco staying intermediate, and the Connacht back in the junior. In the junior, so that's a big team back in the junior then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that as well next week, lads. As always, thanks very much. Uh, thanks for the pressure as well. Um, <laughs> hopefully we can do the business on on, on Sunday, but boys. Thanks a million. All the best, John. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.